You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. And we're on. And we're off. Yes. I have a lot of um, scriptures that are like my favorite. You know, I'll read them like, oh, this is my favorite. This is the best one. So I'm about to read to you one that's of my favorites. <laughs> um, it's, not, it's not just the verse, um, but it's the entire chapter that just overwhelms me with the goodness of God and what he's done, what he's doing, what he's going to do. So if you would, open your Bibles, if you have it with you, to Isaiah 61. I call this the freedom chapter. It's also a good news chapter. And it's also a chapter of exchange. It is so beautiful. <laughs> I hope I can get through it without crying because it is absolutely beautiful what, what God says here. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations." Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and, be, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion." Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth and will make them an everlasting, with them an everlasting covenant. 
Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the prosperity whom the Lord has blessed. I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, and the garden causes things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring before all nations. Man, that's got to make you happy. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. Everlasting. The reason I call it the chapter of exchange is because he says, I'll give them comfort for mourning, beauty for ashes, garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, double honor for shame, rejoicing for confusion. And God has even made an oil of joy for mourning. Wow. Wow. This is so beautiful what God has already done. And I mean that. It's already been done. This is the, the verse. Verse 1 is, is what Jesus announced when he came and first preached in the synagogues, he said, today, this verse had just been fulfilled. So now, nearly 2,000 years later, we can say that sin is no longer an issue. We can say that our relationship with God has been restored. Holy Spirit is living in us. It's as Jesus said at the cross, at John 19, verse 30, he said, it is finished. It's done. Everything has been done. Paul, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, he told the Ephesians that all blessing has been given to us already. All blessing has already been poured out. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, has been poured out upon us. 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, we have the mind of Christ. It's ours. And one of the best ones is 2 Corinthians 5.17, we are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Wow. A new creation. So often we're thinking of these verses as being things that happen, you know, later after the second coming of Christ or after we've gone to heaven. But he's, Paul's saying that this is the way it is right now. It's all this is true for us. 
Why is it then that it's still a battle for us to truly believe this? Why is it still a struggle for us to be able to receive what these verses are telling us is already true? Sometimes, you know, we're, we're praying for blessing. And, uh, um, you know, the things that are happening around us, it, it doesn't match up with what we read in here. What are we to think? I'll tell you what we're to think. <laughs> we're to think what, what it says in Scripture is true regardless of what's going on. Easy to say. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's hard to actually believe it right in the middle of it. But it is a battle nonetheless. Um, the battle, though, is up here. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 4 and 5 tells us why. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down... Yeah. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. When you read that, you might think that strongholds are bad. They're, they're not. Strongholds in themselves are neutral. They can be good or bad. So I'll be referring to what he's talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 as negative strongholds. Negative strongholds because the Bible tells us that the Lord God is our stronghold. He is our stronghold. It says that in Psalms 18 verse 2 that he's my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold. A stronghold is somewhere where you go for refuge, for protection, and you feel protected. Everything's going to be okay because I'm here. These walls, whatever it is, is going to protect me. Paul outlined, though, what a negative stronghold is. If you go back there to 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, He says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So negative strongholds are thoughts, arguments, speculations, imaginations, perceptions that are not in agreement with what God says about us, about the world around us, about other people, about himself, anything that would be in disagreement with that. But it, those thoughts think that they are something in themselves above and beyond what God has said. So where do strongholds come from? 
how do we tear down negative strongholds? And how do we build up positive ones? Do you know that your brain is full of strongholds? It's <laughs> all of ours is chock full of strongholds. These are, these are our thought patterns that are worn into our mind um, because they've been repeatedly proven over and over. So now we believe them as true without even thinking about them. Let me blow my nose here. When you throw a ball into the air, what's going to happen? It comes back down, doesn't it? And it comes down in such a way that we know where it's going to go. And we, oftentimes, we can catch it. Toss the ball in the air, and then you have it. You got the timing. You got everything. How are we able to do that? Well, it's a thing called gravity. But it also is because we just know because of experience. We have that timing down because of experience, that muscle memory. You just know it's going to happen that way. When you drive a car, you don't think every single detail every time you get into a car of everything that needs to be done. I mean, we are multitasking many times over. Uh, you, you, to put the key in the ignition, turn the key, put it in reverse, back out, whatever we got to do, and then drive down the street. Can you imagine all the things that you're doing at the same time? But do you ever think about it? No. I can't even, a lot of times I can't tell you how I got to the store. <laughs> you, your brain just goes into automatic mode. So how, how is it that we're able to have those types of thought patterns? It's through repetition over and over and over and over. When you guys are watching the worship team, great worship, by the way. When you're watching the worship team and Sarah's up here playing on the keys and she's talking or praying at the same time, you guys have any idea how hard that is? Because her brain is doing one thing and her mouth is doing another. Two separate things. She's multitasking. So one of those things has to be uh, carried out through the subconscious. She has to know what she's playing so well, she's not even thinking about it, right? You're just doing it. And she's able to pray, to speak. It, it is hard. It really is hard. It's one thing to sing. It's another to speak while you're playing an instrument. But through repetition, doing things over and over and over, we're able to build thought patterns within us that are, are deeply worn in, and they, they go into our subconscious. Not, they just don't stay in our conscience. That way, we're not even thinking about it. You have any idea just how many things your body is doing, your brain is doing right now? Regulating your blood pressure, your temperature, your heart rhythm, everything. Your breathing. You don't think about breathing. You just do it. All this is stuff that... that that our, our body just puts into automatic mode. 
those, in a sense, in a way, those are strongholds. They're things we don't even think about. We just accept them and we do them. And we have those things on a daily basis, all of us do. You just do them. But notice in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, it says, Our weapons that we're given are for pulling down strongholds and casting down arguments, which means can be a reckoning, a reasoning, a speculation, a judgment, a perception, a decision, a perception, a judgment, or decision that raises itself above what God says. Those are negative strongholds, and we have those too. Negative strongholds would cover any um, and every thought or idea, conclusion that we have about ourselves um, that is not in agreement with what the Scripture says. The world around us, situations, anything that God says is not true. But yet, oftentimes, we read the Scriptures and we say, yes, I believe that. But then when we come face to face with an issue, we prove the opposite. And it's something that we all do. We prove the opposite. So how did those negative strongholds get there? Through repetition. It's, for example, how we view ourselves. How we view ourselves is oftentimes a stronghold because we've grown up through life People have said things. It's not just one thing. It's repeated over and over and over. You're never going to amount to anything. You are you're going to have a hard time. This thing that you're wanting to do, eh, it's not going to work out. It's another one of your crazy ideas. So it's through repetition, and this is over a period of years, over and over and over. But it also can be through trauma. It can be either our trauma or somebody else's trauma that we've experienced or we've witnessed. Um, for example, Fred down the street is a believer. He lost his job. He started drinking. His wife left him, then his kids left him. Next thing you know, Fred lost his house. He goes to church, but he lost his house. Now he's living with his brother. I, I don't know. I, 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 I just don't know what's, you know, what's, what's going to happen to me, you know? Fred, he was so faithful. He went to church all the time. Or it can be our own trauma. In an accident, we have a car accident. Every time we get in a vehicle, we think that the same thing is going to happen again. Now, who put those strongholds there? We did. We did. Um, what is that song? Um, the devil has been defeated. What? Can you finish that out? 
Yeah. See, that's, that's the reality. The devil has been defeated. He's, he's, he has no authority over us. It's done. It's done. So Jesus, through his, through his death on the cross, um, released us by his shed blood, and his resurrection brought us into right standing with God. And it stripped away everything from the devil. He's, he's, it's like, I, th- I think of a mouse, you know? If you, if you get a mouse in the house, what would you do? You know? I, I get... Myself, I get a mouse trap and a little scoop of peanut butter. <laughs> uh, hey, it's me or him. <laughs> and I don't argue with the mouse. I don't curse at the mouse. I don't stay up at night worrying about the mouse. I just, I know it's, it's, it's over. It's over. I was going to share something, but I shared and decided not to. Vacuum cleaners work really good, too. <laughs> but but it, my, the point is, the point is, is that um, they're, they're nothing compared to us. They're, they're nothing. And it's the same thing in regards to the devil, you know, we blame him. Uh, we think we have to get into all types of spiritual warfare, you know, and, and it's done. It's done. It's over. The, the battleground now is in here. It's how we think. It's bringing down these strongholds that Paul is talking about. That's the spiritual warfare that we deal with. Why are we like that? (laughs) Why would God make us that way? Because he did. He made us with the capacity to have strongholds in our mind. Why? He made our minds in such a way that we can carry our own reassurance. So think for a moment, okay? Negative strongholds, thinking that I'm, not un, that I'm unworthy or that things are not going to work out. Think of it in the other sense, that if, it, if these were positive strongholds that we understood and we knew our value and nobody could shake us from that. Now what? I looked up the word stubborn. And uh, uh, it was, it really surprised me. Yeah. At some of the, um, now I mean, some of the words that, that uh, adjectives, or not adjectives, but the um, synonyms are not um, good, but some of them are, wow. Pretty, 
performed or carried on in an unyielding or persistent manner. Synonyms are adamant, dogged, bullheaded, hard-nosed, headstrong, immovable, implacable, inconvincible, inflexible, obstinate, opinionated, unbending, uncompromising, unrelenting, unyielding. Wow. Wow. Some of these things are really good when they're in the positive sense. Unbending, uncompromising, unrelenting, unyielding. Nothing's going to shake me or take me away from this. That's what we're told to develop. Think if you knew that you are so loved and beloved by God all the time and that you have favor with God and man all the time and you go to work and someone just right out of the gate just doesn't like you. It happens. With a negative stronghold, it's supporting a conclusion that we may have already drawn our, ourselves because strongholds is, are always looking for proof of what they believe, okay? It's always looking for proof. So we're looking at different situations and scenarios that we deal with, and we're constantly looking for, well, this person doesn't like me. That person doesn't like me. Now look at it conversely as a positive stronghold. Everybody likes me. <laughs> it's not being conceited. You think of what some of the stuff that Paul said, you know, just as I do, you know, the things that I do that are like Christ, do that. I'm telling you this stuff so that you know just how deep a revelation I have in Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> That's not conceited. Paul was telling the truth. This is the way it is. So if we have a positive stronghold, if someone doesn't like us, then it's going to be more like, what's wrong with them? <laughs> they must have got up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. What's up? What's up with all this? So that's what we're told to develop, is to develop positive strongholds so that we can carry our own reassurance of the scriptures. We just, we believe it. This is the way it is. There is no other way. So how do we do that? How, how do we develop good, positive strongholds? Well, the first thing is just to get rid of negative strongholds. We have to be able to identify what they are. We can do that by taking note, taking inventory of what we put into our minds. Bill Johnson has a quote that I just absolutely love, that if we take in more of the world's media than we do of the Word of God, then our um, depression is self-inflicted. We have to take in good things of the Word of what God says about us, about what other 
um, believers are pouring into us. The world media, and I'm not just talking about the news, I'm talking about movies, videos, um, songs, just anything that would rise itself up above what God says. When it says this, I'm better than that, I'm above that, that's when we need to be wary of what we're taking in. Um, the news doesn't just report news. The news also wants to shape and mold how we think so that we are in agreement with what the, the producers, the reporters, or whoever, what they believe. They want you to be in agreement with them. And it's on both sides. The news is, I mean, it's, it's biased. So take note of that. Take note of what we are um, ingesting into ourselves. Next would be to notice our self-talk. As I mentioned earlier that oftentimes um, we say, yeah, I believe that. Healing's for everyone. And uh, um, God heals everybody. Yep, I believe that. And then we get into a situation and what we see is different from what we see in the scripture. Now what do we do? What is the first thought that enters into our mind. Um, it can be a thought, it can be how we talk to ourselves, the things that we mumble under our breath, just, just whatever it is. Um, what is our self-talk? Well, God heals sometimes. God heals them. Whenever we have something that is contrary in our mind to what Scripture says, now we need to be able to deal with that. And our self-talk will reflect what we believe, what we really believe. Um, if, if we do something, say the wrong thing to somebody, just, we just, boy, mm, I can't believe I said that. Just said the wrong thing. Just said the wrong thing. It just mm, came out, and it's out there. Before <laughs> I can't grab it, it's already there. What's the first thought that goes to our, through our head? Wow, that was stupid. There you did it again, you know? What are the thoughts that go through our heads? That reveals what we really believe about ourselves or about any situation. Notice our self-talk. Be self-aware of what's going on inside of here. Be self-aware. The next would be to make uh, um, declarations, like the declara financial declarations that we make every week here. Do you believe that stuff? But when we start struggling with something, again, what is the the words that go through our mind. How do we feel about it? I learned something in our class called cognitive dissonance. I said it right. <laughs> I mean, again, we're made this way. But notice what this means. 
It means when two actions or ideas are not psychologically consistent with each other, people do all in their power to change them until they become consistent. The discomfort is triggered by the person's belief clashing with the new information perceived, wherein they will try to find a way to resolve the contradiction to reduce the mental discomfort. We do this all the time. What is it that when something happens and it's contrary to what Scripture says, how do we work that in our mind? Because the cognitive dissonance wants to smooth everything out, make it all okay. Um, and I can see now, you know, understanding this a little bit better, I can see why people um, will base their uh, godly beliefs upon experience rather than what the Word says. That's, that's no doubt, that's, that's where, um, um, I forgot the word, the people that don't believe that healing's for anymore, for today. Yeah, cessationist. Used to be one. <laughs> Didn't even know how to pronounce it. But um, yeah, cessationist. Because they're not seeing healing, so they believe it must not be for today. Because my experience is telling me something different. Um, I'm not getting checks in the mail. I didn't get a vacation last year. You know, we start seeing the negative things and we start basing our belief upon that rather than what God says. This is where when we when we recognize these things, it says bring every thought into captivity. In other words, capture that thought. Examine it. Look at it. Look it over really well. Does it match with what scripture says? That's the first step, is capturing those thoughts. If we th feel like we're worthless or that it's, you know, our time has passed, is that what Scripture says? Take a look at it. Well, I really blew it. Mm. I can give you a whole list of people in the Bible that blew it over and over. But yet, God said, yeah, well, we're not done. So, we have to um, notice these strongholds. See what our thought patterns are. I mean, every time, um, for example, um, Aurelia and I were, were involved with prayer teams and with healing so often. Um, and we tell people. You know, pray short prayers. Short prayers. <laughs> short prayers. I've seen people healed without even praying at all. You know, just the, the, the presence of God, the belief in that person rises up, boom. You know, they get healed. Not a word of prayer. <clears throat> 
one of the things that we teach in the healing center training is that prayers don't heal. Swallow that one. Prayers don't heal. Jesus does. <laughs> you know? That's the truth. Prayers don't heal. Your words, nah. <laughs> I used to believe that I had to identify the disease, the, the various workings to God to work in this part of the body, and, and just all the, had to know all the details. I believed that. I really did. So that means that, that doctors would be the best healers because they know all the details of what's going on in a person's body. And they can just speak over it. Boom, boom, boom. But you know what? Be healed in Jesus' name. It works. God knows what's wrong with that person. <laughs> God knows what the cure is. So when we speak over them, we keep it brief. Because again, it's, I mean, if, if you look at, at the example of Jesus, no one, hardly anyone did he pray for. He just told them, your faith has healed you. Or, you know, just the various things that go, your, your daughter's well. Your servant's been made well, you know. Sometimes, though, the reason I bring that up is because when we start praying, we feel like we have to say certain words. That's not true. Or we feel like we have to keep on praying. Because when we stop, that's when the rubber meets the road. And we could be afraid that this person's not healed through our words, and so we just keep praying, keep praying, keep speaking. We're, we're thanking God for just all the different things that have happened to that person that day, and just thank you for giving them a great car that they could get here today, and a good job, and we're thanking them for all these things that have nothing to do with why we, we came, why they came for prayer. So, so these things should be revealing to us what we believe, you know? Jesus said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. You do it. So, where is our belief system in those areas? So, let's say the person didn't receive what what, uh, um, what they thought, what we were expecting, okay? Now what? And then this person doesn't receive what they were expecting. And then this person didn't receive. Now what? Should I change? Because this isn't matching up. That cognitive dissonance is, is going crazy because what I'm seeing is not matching what I believe. But seeing is believing, right? <laughs> no. No, it's not. You guys have any idea how many people have been healed through the healing center after they left? And, we don't, and sometimes we don't even hear or know anything about it. Sometimes, 
We had a guy that, that was healed of stage four cancer, and it took a year. And it's because we just ran into him somewhere. We'd have never known. We have to trust seeing is not believing. It's what, what God says. That's what's true. That's what's real. So, so recognizing the areas where we would show disbelief in. I, I love Tony's introducing us to the, the mystery box. You know, I, I don't know why this happened or that happened. I, I don't have an explanation. But I, I'm willing it to put it over here to the side and say, this is still the truth. This is truth. What God says is true. That he healed everyone. All these people came to him and they were all healed. That's what I'm going for. Or whatever the situation is in our life. Um, the, the, the guy that ended up losing his job and lost his family and all that stuff. Yeah, he was a Christian. Okay. All right. But what does the scripture say? Why do you worry about all this? Seek first the kingdom and all these other things will be added to you. We want to resolve it by coming up with excuses as to why that guy lost his job, why he started drinking, and did that cause his, his wife to leave him? You know, that, that's not getting us anywhere. We can pray for that guy, help him out, because we know what the scripture says. Psalm 91 used to just, man, I had issues with Psalm 91. I did. I'll probably butcher this up, but it says something like 10,000 may fall to your right side, to your left side, and 1,000 fall to your left, but it won't touch you. <laughs> really? You know? So in other words, even with what I'm seeing, it's, it's not, don't follow that. What did God tell us? What does the word say? That's what's important. So how do we insert positive strongholds? We've talked about identifying negative strongholds. How do we insert positive ones? There's a, a technique when, when people learn language that's called immersion. Um, my, uh, my niece... Um, went to uh, Mexico, um, Mazatlan, um, on a, a, to serve as a missionary there. She was initially was supposed to be there for three months, I think, six months. Anyway, had like high school level um, knowledge and understanding of Spanish, okay? She gets down there and she's immersed in the language and in the culture. In three months, she is fluent in Spanish, three months. She was there, she was living in it, she was completely immersed in it, and now her and my wife, she's been there like five years now, her and my wife can, can have a conversation, you know, full, full blown. Because really, a lot of times, she'll have to slow down <laughs> when she's speaking Spanish for, for um, people that have not been immersed in it. So we need to surround ourselves with what the Scripture says, with what the Bible tells us. 
uh, immerse ourselves in declarations. You know, um, IgnitingHope.com has a list of 100 declarations, and, and it shows the scriptures right next to them. That, that uh, you can get it in PDF form, print it out. That's, I mean, that's what Aurelia and I have done. You can print it out and, you know, just see. Now, as you're going down through these declarations, what ones make you kind of go a little bit like that? Mm. Those are the ones that we have strongholds against. Yeah. I can say I believe it, but do I really? What am I really, truly believing? So immerse ourselves. I, I don't care if it's through, through church, podcasts, books, prayer, worship. However, it takes for us to be completely immersed in God's word and what he has to say about us. That will help us to identify negative strongholds we identify them, and then we pull them down. Because if you remember in Isaiah 61, it was an exchange. Beauty for ashes. Joy for mourning. Okay? It's not just a matter of tearing down strongholds. It's a building back up of something else that God says, this is what's true. It may be, you know, too good to be true, but, but it's not. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Colossians 1, 13. This is another one of my faves. It says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us always have a hard time getting this out. He's conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. It says that you can't even see the kingdom of God unless you become born again. So, we have been transferred. It's already done into the kingdom of the son of his love. That is the fortress. That is the stronghold for which we live our lives from. So this kingdom of the son of his love, can you see it? Can you feel it? Can you taste it? The kingdom of God is within you. You carry it. Can you feel the kingdom of the son of his love? Feelings do not reflect truth. Feelings reflect what we believe. So can you feel the kingdom of the son of his love. Can you feel it? That will tell you that you believe. 
you really, really believe. So often we base our lives upon our feelings. I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. That's walking in the flesh. Whether we feel like it or not, we go to work. Whether we feel like it or not, we go to the grocery store. We cook dinner, whatever. Whether we feel like it or not, we do these things. It's the same way in the kingdom. Whether we feel it or not, this is what God says is true. This is what God says is true about us. This is what God says is true about the people around us. This is what God says is true about the situation that we're in. Aurelia and I, we... Uh, we, we live like most people, you know, like paycheck to paycheck, you know. And it is, it is truly, you know, blown our minds in uh, um, how God takes care of us. Because like everybody else, we have issues that come up, un, uh, unexpected expenditures that used to would man, would mess us up for months, months trying to financially recover from something, from an expense that we just didn't expect. I, I don't know how God does it. I don't know how his math works. But it, it does. You know, I, I'm not the kind of person that I see checks coming in the mail, but I know there's money in the bank. I just know it. So, I mean, that, that's a, a financial thing. Um, people, we are so, so blessed. Completely and overwhelmingly blessed. Can you sense it? Because it's there. It's there. I don't care what you did, how your life was before. We are so blessed. Now let's go back and look at um, Isaiah 61 real quick. If you notice, many of the things that um, they speak about here are things that happen because of something that you know, something that you are told, something that is taught to you. For example, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of our Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness. Uh, 
In Scripture, generally, a, a tree is something that is unmovable. It's strong. It's a, a, a storm, a wind is not going to be blowing it over. But he said they be, may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So, so many of these things are based upon what we have been told, what we've been taught. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 10. So that is how we can get strongholds, good, positive strongholds within us, is by listening to what God has to say. What does he tell us? Hanging out with people that, that got this stuff, that get it, you know? Think about how the world around us will change if we realize, when we come to a realization of how thoroughly, fully, and completely blessed that we are. The creation is waiting. It's waiting for us to figure out. It says that all creation awaits for the revealing of the sons of God. That's us. All creation is waiting for us to figure this out, to tear down these negative strongholds and to build up the positive strongholds of who we are as children of God. It's a, indeed a beautiful, beautiful thing. So if you're having trouble swallowing some of this, <laughs> We're going to have a prayer team up here um, immediately following the service. And uh, um, yeah, God is so good. He is so overwhelmingly good. Not to say that things aren't going to happen that will try to challenge that. But he is truly good. And he has blessed us with every, every blessing. So I speak blessing over everyone that is here today in the name of Jesus Christ and our wonderful and beautiful God. Yeah, that we are living in the kingdom of the son of his love. We're nestled in a little cul-de-sac cul <laughs> in the kingdom of the son of his love. It's a beautiful day. Can you feel it? Because your strongholds will reveal just where we're at. Thank you, everybody. And uh, um, I pray that you all have a, just a wonderful and blessed Sunday, finishing out the uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, yeah, <laughs> God is good. All right. Thank you and, and have a good afternoon. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.